and welcome to episode three of the Talk Show Talk Show podcast, and I'm your host, George Grimwood. In this episode, we continue our conversation from last week when Mr. Jonathan Sloman and myself were talking about our experiences when we travelled to Los Angeles last year in late September, early October of 2013. We talk about our experience attending a recording of The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, our experience of queuing for a Craig Ferguson show, and perhaps unsurprisingly, some deviation along the way. So, let's continue. First off, we queued up. As most of these stories tend to start up, and you'll find there was a lot of queuing involved, we queued up. Yes, but you always queue up for those things. They always oversubscribe the tickets. You booked the tickets in advance, is that right? I booked them on a website, I can't remember the name of it now, but it was a... It was a thing where... You was it One Iota? One Iota? No, it wasn't that. That was for other ones. That's a different this one. Was a, a... Don't use that one. Well, use no, that one, right. but not for that no, one. No, that's a good one, yes. Use that one, but not for... Yeah. But this was a different site that goes... That's like an agency that goes through them to make sure it fills up. And you had to phone them the day before and say, I am definitely... Can't... You had to leave a message on the phone. It was like, I, Mr. Brian Smith, am definitely coming tomorrow. Two tickets. You had to leave the exact message, word for word. Wow. With a different name. Voice recognition. I don't know how it works, but that's how they did it, and that's how I applied. And we got two tickets, and we queued up, and we there was a lot of queuing. It was quite interesting to the, the, what did they what did they have to keep us occupied in the queue? Name <laughs> name all the things. All the things they had. Well, because it was hot, they gave us water, and which, there was there was a toilet where which you they could, don't do in London, where you could micturate the water later on through toilet, you, through yeah. through your bladder. And, there uh, there was a. I was intrigued by the video they had, which was an NBC page. Sort of like the character in Thirty Rock. I can't remember his name. Kenneth. Kenneth. Kenneth yeah, it's yeah. kind of like him going, "Hello and welcome to NBC. We hope you enjoy the experience in case of a fire." It was just this cute little video, mm. which you know I thought I thought was nice because it's treating it like an airline. If anyone can find a copy of this, hi there. My name is Kenneth. I am a page. Just to clarify, it wasn't Kenneth the page. It wasn't from Kenneth Thirty the Rock, page. but it was an it NBC was an page. page. It was an actual page from a book performing this this DVD. So. There was that. There was the In the Event of a Fire video, yes. which you described as cute. And there was a, a life-size... I don't think it was life-size. It was bigger. Was it? Well, say what it is first. It was a life-size cutout, cardboard cutout of Jay Leno. For you, because you're not going to meet Jay Leno. Essentially, it's saying, you ain't going to meet Jay Leno. Get your picture of the cardboard cutout. It's as good as. But it was a perspective shot, so his feet were sort of going... I can't describe it. They like, were going downwards at angles. They're like Cuban heels. So it looked like he was standing on tiptoes, when really you were just standing in front of him. But they hadn't adjusted the feet or anything, so it, it, he was taller than he actually was mm. in his life. And it's quite off-putting when you're in the queue moving forward to have him watching you with those dead eyes. There was something very yeah, ominous. Then... It did feel like something out of Mulholland Drive, actually, just sort of the lurking shadow from behind the I have a, uh, I have a picture from bins. when we got to the bit in the queue where there was a pillar. And it's him behind the pillar. So you can just see the feet and, oh, the, yes. and the hair sticking out. And you took a photo of that, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, incidentally, uh, jo Mr. Jonathan Sloman, um, hello, is also uh, also on Twitter. Uh, and I'm sure we'll answer any further questions that you may or may not have for him. <laughs> or if you just want to send him a torrent of abuse. Oh, fine with me. It's, it, you I'll know, do it in person. He, he likes posts. Over a coffee. Yeah, you just sit there and take it. But what's your Twitter feed before we continue? Oh, uh, Rob Delaney. At Rob Delaney. No, it isn't. It's... Glenna. At Glenna. No. That's my other feed. No. Don't tell anyone. At 
Squiddy UK. That's the one, yes. And, and is that all one word? It's all one word, yes. S-Q-U-I-D-Y-U-K. Yes, it's not Squiddyuck, it's Squiddy UK. Squiddy UK. Squiddy was word. taken. So I had to be, taken I had by to the be headless. the UK branch. So it's at Squiddy UK on Twitter. I'll answer any question in 140 characters or less. So we queue up, and there's some lavatories, and <laughs> this is hardly is nice. This is hardly the, uh, the experience people want to hear. They want the full detail, the full, full detail. And I can, I actually heard someone there in the future going, "No, we don't." But there was also a little stall, and by stall, I, I'm not talking about the lavatories. Uh, by the stall, I mean there was a little, a little kind of NBC stall. Yeah, it was like a peacock. Shop. Yeah, cuddly peacocks and t-shirts and things. Mm. It was quite minimal, to be honest. Yeah, closing, closing down sale. Yeah, it's true. Uh, initially, I didn't think we were gonna we were gonna make it. Well, I didn't think we were gonna get in because there were, there were subsequent sort of. Oh well, that that guy looks a little bit ill. Let's push him at the front. And oh, these these guys can <laughs> well, barely walk. You, no, they were they were ill. It's a very unhealthy town, LA. They're either really healthy and fit, mm. or. <laughs> They're near death. There was a, a very telling moment where we were there and I had a bag from the Warner Brothers studio store. And someone said to me, oh, where's that? And I went, oh, it's about a half hour walk that way. And I went, oh, no, forget it. It wouldn't even walk half an hour. Mm. Which in Britain is like, that's how, I do, that's how I do it. I walk half an hour to get to work. Yeah, you walked here. I did walk here from the station. Yes. Pointless. So. It's a nice day. Yeah, it's all right. But. Not as good as LA, where it was boiling all the time. But, it's not, well, the point being, there was shade here as well, I should But, anyway, so eventually we got in. And we ended up near the front, but very far to the left of the studio. So we're, we're facing the studio. Not politically. No, well, no. Well, by the end, perhaps. Mm. But we were facing the studio, so facing, the, facing the set, and we're far left. Now, how do you describe the setup of the studio? Well, all chat shows these days not in the past but these days are the letterman type of a desk a chair behind a desk a chair to the left of the desk so you can pretty much sit anywhere in those studios near the front near the back on the side on the left on the right and you'll see everything we didn't though what we didn't really i mean we we saw the back of the guest's head you saw him in sort of you could see their faces yeah when he turns around (laughs) and he turned around and looked at us and realized it was bigger didn't have any problem there I could see Jay, and also we had the TVs, but it was on. Also, we were on the left, which was terrific for the band. When you see the musical act, the studio a... band were to the far right, not politically. They were to the far right of the of the set. Where we were, cu- there were curtains. The curtains are cardboard. Would you say they're, they're, what are they? They're, they're, they weren't. They weren't like I don't know, linen, sort of printed I, linen. I don't think they were printed linen. I think they were. Maybe they were canvases, but I yeah, don't know. They... But either way, it was it it was just it basically well they time. they looked like just boards, and on the boards was a picture was was various was basically a uh, how do you describe uh, it racing imagery cars and dashboards and uh, not racist imagery just to clarify it's not... racing imagery yeah racing Jay Leno is famously a, a car car enthusiast. nut a couple of things first of all who's this benefiting to have this on the curtains. It's not benefiting the audience at home because they see it for a split second before they see the musical performer, which in this case was Cher Lloyd, British Cher Lloyd, all the way to Los Angeles, and we got Cher Lloyd, but there you go. And, and Millicent it, Martin later on at <laughs> a different event. She, yeah, she, she wasn't. <laughs> if we're she was, talking about Brits, we travelled too well, far to see. Well, yes, but, and I'd seen it previously, to be fair, mm. Millicent Martin. But 
yeah, so the curtains were there, and this is for I'll, no one's benefit. I'll tell you who it's there to benefit. It's there to benefit the stagehands, because it's the, we haven't talked about this. In America, the chat shows are recorded as live. They don't go out live. They're recorded a couple of hours earlier, but they're recorded as live. So there's no time to stop and do rechecks and just set up drum kits and things, which is what they do over here. So they're able to set everything up as it's going on behind the curtain. So what? So they stand at the curtain, they go, oh, Lano's still into cars then. Is that the... Uh, who? What? Uh, well, the stagehands. Is that what well, it's... Presumably when they were oh, designing... Oh, isn't this nice? When they were designing the set, they went, well, we've got to have something on the curtain. What? Don't want to have a boring, colourful curtain because people make Carson comparisons. Well, what can I've we do? That. Oh, General Light's cars. We'll put... These curtains aren't seen. They're seen for a split second and that's it. And then Cher Lloyd pouncing about the yeah. place like a little cat. Showmanship. It was, it was, it went up and that was it. And it's a bit second. It was like, why, why is this there? It's I honestly have no objection to this curtain. <laughs> it makes sense practically because you can set up the band it, behind it and it makes sense theatrically as it comes up and here's the music. But we spent most of the time sitting directly opposite it. Well, that, that's just the luck of the draw. That's where we were sat. If we were sat in the middle, we could have shaped, you know, high five oh, no. Jay Leno in the, at the start. Now you get on to the next point. Now, this isn't a sporadic thing. This isn't a sudden thing. We're told by Don Don Reed, the warm-up guy, says, no, right, when Jay Leno comes out, you guys at the front, I want you, you, you know, you guys come out here, I want you to high-five. Jay's going to high-five some of you guys there, and I want you to high-five back, and you get, we'll give you a T-shirt, you know, <laughs> well, I, to well, put, put a T-shirt on, sir, you're, you're nude. At the start That's... of every episode, Jay Leno comes out to mass applause, standing ovations, and high-fives about a dozen people in the front row and then goes to sit down. Because they were told to, all of that, because Don Reed says so, and that, that that's a t-shirt, because Don Reed <laughs> says so. Well, I just see that, and I can see the meetings where they're sitting around going, how can we make Jay look more approachable? It's Larry Wait, Sanders, season he... six, when Larry is told by the network he has to spruce things up a bit, and basically has to appeal to a younger audience and so forth and so one episode where he realizes it's just not working out that he just he has to like run through the audience like really uncomfortably sort of high-fiving everyone there's a body of people who refer to the simpsons these days as zombie simpsons the simpsons is still going but <laughs> there's nothing behind it the attitude's gone the, the the emotion and from that moment when he does the when jay leno does the high five you sort of think it's zombie jay leno He's just on autopilot completely, and the yeah. interviews confirm this. The monologue was, was it was? I, I don't. Want, was I, fine, but I were... don't want to berate him. But the monologue was unnecessarily political. Oh no, that's what he does. But it Th did... that's the one area where he has passion because he does genuinely still go around the stand-up circuits doing. He has passion jokes for the. No, I don't get me wrong. It's They're a, not the, very good jokes. Well, but. In the context of where we were, in the context of where we're sitting, where we were, the audience sort of, oh, T-shirts! It just didn't seem right. It just didn't seem to make any... And they didn't hit. They didn't hit. They only hit because it was, oh, applause when he makes a joke. It wasn't like, they're funny. Well, firstly, that's what he's known for, doing political jokes. Yeah, he I know. He has to I do know. topical jokes. There's no point having a nightly show. But it didn't... If you don't reference the day's events. It didn't fit in with the atmosphere, with the tone. It's like, high five Jay! And then, well, Obama, were, those, healthcare. Those aren't for us, though. Those aren't jokes for the audience. Those are jokes for the people at home. Yeah, but you do need, I think you need an audience there who, who appreciate That's why they well. flash the applause sign. Yeah, love you bastards! Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. for the audience at home to chuckle about, you know, Obamacare or whatever mm. the hot topic is. Hot topic. Not, not the uh, hot topic, just clarify, not the 
shop that's well known in America. Unless we don't have that. Those. Happens to be in the day's news. We don't have that in the UK. We don't. Have it's, again, do we it's, have, it's, we don't have hot topic. Do we? No, we don't. No, we don't. No. Again, doing those topical jokes is a holdover from when Jack Parr used to read the newspapers, or you know, Dick Cavett did the same. Mm. But they uh, genuinely uh, yeah. cared. Well, no, I mean, Carlson did it with Nixon uh, consistently. If I, you know, having dip, dipping in that era in my mind, Carlson, I don't think had much political interest. It was just sort of wacky stuff that's in the news. Whereas when Mort Saul hosted for a while, it's all he cared about. So the monologue was fine, in, in your opinion. And it wasn't very funny, but I, there's no objection to it. <laughs> no, I don't, I, I'm not objecting to it, but it was just, I don't know, it just it just stood out, and not, not in a way that it doesn't seem to... It's, it just seems a standard Jay Leno monologue, stuff he's been doing over 20 years. The stuff that gets him in Independence Day and Dave and all those other films he turns up in. Then, then what happened next? Wasn't there some prank video? I don't think I think that was, was that in the middle. That was in the middle. Yeah, because they did that just before the break. Practically forgotten about that, and it's not worth recounting. <laughs> well, yeah, but although it did lead into the break, which is another thing, but which I want to talk about. Should we talk about it now? Yeah. Okay. Well, if you've ever been to a recording of a chat show in Britain, you'll know that they go on for ever, like three hours or so. They just mm. record much more than they can possibly use. If you've been to a panel show, it's the same. They record much more than they can use, and then they cut it down to arguably the best stuff. Mm. In America, they keep them as live. Once the warm-up goes off and it starts, the show starts. And once it ends, it ends. Unless there's any horrible catastrophes. And so to keep the energy alive, in Britain, the warm-up will come back out and make more jokes. Whereas in America, they've got a band, a house band, which will play music. If you're watching at home, you watch them play music, it fades out, you get the ads end ads fade back up they just play constantly so you get these four minute mini gigs throughout the show where all the audience get up and dance and don reed's casually throwing t-shirts and phone cases and whatnot at random audience members and he's like i got my eye on you like in in kind of a, oh i'll give you something by the end of the show they try that over here but it never quite works because we're all british and restrained mm. and yeah we actually throw the things back I, we I don't got, want them. We don't want the t-shirt. I got a bottle of wine at a Jonathan Ross recording. Because, <laughs> they throw that into but, the audience. But not because I was dancing and enthusiastic, because he was picking on me, and I was so angry and grumpy. He's like, I will give you, you're a good sport, have a bottle of wine. What, was that Jonathan Ross doing that? Yeah, no, it wasn't Jonathan Ross, it was the warm-up. Oh, I was really hoping that there was just some guy just casually throwing bottles at the audience. Ross is Full really, bottles. This is going off topic, but I've seen Jonathan Ross do warm-up between takes of Penn & Teller Fool Us, and he can really well, literally warm up an audience. There was one moment during the pilot where a magician had completely screwed up one of his tricks and they sort of ushered him off quite embarrassedly and everyone in the audience realised he can't do the trick, he's useless, he... <laughs> this is a disaster. And Ross comes out and goes, oh, well, ladies and gentlemen, he was very nervous, he was this, he was that, he was great, we're going to bring him back later on, he's his mother's in the audience, great guy. And so sort of just really cheers everyone up, just he's got the, a presence about him. He has he, got the energy. Yeah, whereas in America they don't have to do that so much which in Leno's case is quite convenient. But a lot of things happen in that little four-minute break, though. A lot of things happen. First of all, a ton of militia-like bouncers stand separating the talent from the audience, standing there. There's obviously been an incident once. On the precipice of the stage. No one throw anthrax at Mr. Leno. No one wants to. I guess it's not so much Leno as, as the guests. Who, now, it wasn't just Adam Scott. Who was the other guest there as well? Oh, what, Olivia Wilde. Olivia Wilde. 
And I, I can't recall which one he was with. I mean, there was a couple of breaks, obviously, but this would happen all the time. The bouncers would, uh, the bouncers would come out, the music would play, Domri would be throwing gifts at the audience, the audience would be up dancing and clapping. We were encouraged to get up and dance, but no one can see us. So, no point. Uh, that's why I didn't. I sat, I sat out. I was trying to remember. What was the... It's nothing to do with anything, but they played... The None band played a sort of Call Me Al by Paul Simon. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I was really pleased to see a live, you know, vocalless version of "Call Me Al" covered, and I and it got to the bit where I thought, "Is he going to do the guitar bit? Is he going to do the guitar?" And he did. He did the guitar. It was great. That was the, pretty much the most exciting bit of the show. It would have been good though if Chevy Chase came out of nowhere. And I think chat shows would benefit from less Chevy Chase, but uh... but you're just saying that primarily because of your experience having seen Chevy Chase in the flesh on a British chat show recording. Seeing him wasn't a problem. I just imagine it was a nightmare for the production staff. But we'll talk about that another time. Yes. Save that. We're going to cover it. We're going to a great time. We've got a lot to cover. We've got a lot of shows. We've got a lot of experiences. We've got a lot of anecdotes to cover. We're going to spread this thin, <laughs> this, this, <laughs> this, uh, this format. Can it get much thinner? Well, this is going to be a two-parter. This is in the second We did about part. 15 minutes on the queue. On the queue. Exactly. 15 minutes on the queue. Well, yeah, well, you know, that's what the British are known for, queues and fish and chips and iced tea. Iced tea? No. Iced tea. Yeah, the, the, the rapper, iced tea. We're known for the for iced tea, the rapper. That's how we're known. To be fair, I don't actually know many British rappers. It's dynamite. <laughs> no, La- Lady Sovereign. You know, do you know any male British rappers? Male British rappers? Uh, Dizzy Rascal. Is he a rapper? It's more of a grungy kind of... <laughs> Well, now we're into a massive debate here. What, what about the brat? What's well, the for that? I know who you're talking about. The brat who did Chalk Dust. The, the brat who did Chalk Dust? Yeah, it was a novelty single about John McEnroe. But it, it, oh, I, it was a rap. I've got it upstairs. And Chalk Dust. I, 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 think I've, I think I've only heard the B-side. Yeah, I know more novelty rappers than I do actual rappers. This is to enough. me, violence in rap uh, started when Rodney Dangerfield, when his doctor gives him a gun to shoot himself in Rap and Rodney. Which benefited from having two Ps, at least. Well, he's old at that age. You have to do it all night. Well, unless it's, unless it's him in character from Natural Born Killers. Doctor told me to stop aging, he gave me a gun! All right. So, did, he, did, Rodney, did Rodney Dangerfield ever have a chat show or a talk show? No, but he was a great guest. He did have the Rodney Dangerfield show, but that was sketches, wasn't it? Yeah, he yeah. had a couple of specials as well, but never, not chats. Mui! That's, 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 <laughs> that's a vampire Rodney Dangerfield. That's the best you're going to get. Mui! That wasn't anything. Oh. Ah, oh, well. Never mind. But So, the band. The band, uh, Call Me Owl. <laughs> yes. And they, uh, so, so... Various pop covers. But what was... Just to keep the energy up. But what was happening with because we haven't we haven't mentioned this what hap, what was going on with Leno during the breaks and and and, and also there was something we, we haven't mentioned that was on set for a predominant amount of the time between our annoying car curtains and where Leno's desk was and the guests were there yeah. was an there There's was something else somewhat of a blind spot for the cameras mm. the studio kind of divides left to right into four sections I suppose. One is that band area, which is mostly covered during the, the recording. The car curtains. Then there's the area, which I will come back to. Then there's the chat show, which is the desk and the chairs. Which, incidentally, the, the backdrop looks like a sort of lobby, hotel lobby from hell. Yeah, and, and then Very there's odd. the band, the house band. But in that section, the second section, is like a miniature production team with computers and 
looking stuff up on the internet, and they were holding up signs. Now, from where we were sitting, we couldn't see what was on the signs, but it soon became obvious, because Leno would ask his first question to Adam Scott, say, and he, while Scott was answering, Leno would sort of nod and go, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. And he would turn, he would lean sort of right, look over his shoulder and look at this held up piece of paper. And then he would lean back in. And the moment the guest stopped speaking, he'd be like, ah, so I uh, hear you like athletics when you were at school. And it was, it was just like the cues were being written on a piece of paper. He wasn't paying any attention to the answers. It wasn't like Craig Ferguson or, or Dick Cavett or someone who can, who's in, who can play back off. This is sort of a wheel on stage desk, wasn't it? Sort of, you could wheel this on, wheel this off, and it was for the, yeah, right, for the writers. There was a couple of computers on a tea trolley. Yeah, it's very <laughs> And a guy holding up a piece of paper saying, Africa, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So, I hear you've been to Africa. Yeah, it's, it was very strange, very strange experience. And... By the end of it, I, I felt I, I felt pleased to have experienced the Tonight Show. I felt glad that we went. It was very worthwhile seeing it because Leno had always seemed, not always, but in the past few years, he'd seemed tired and sick of doing it. And this confirmed it. And this pretty much confirmed why. Seeing him sort of lean across and read that cue card mm. over and over and not interact with anything. He sort of tapped his foot to share Lloyd. I think that was the most animated he got. Well, yeah, that that was an unusual. So, where you have Olivia Wilde, you have Adam Scott. <laughs> I think he's a great guest, and I think he's a great performer. Yeah, he wasn't a mess. He was very nervous. Well, no, it's, it was his first appearance. To be, on... to be fair, between him and Jay Leno, he came off better. Well, Leno wasn't helping. No, Leno wasn't helping. <laughs> he that's could have done. Well, that's the thing. It's um, like you know, you know. Bancroft and Wogan all over again. Anyway, Adam Scott and Olivia Wilde, and they go, right, stand here, and you're going to look like you're having a good time dancing to a 16-year-old girl, or however old she was. She, she looked younger than she was, anyway. So Jay Leno, you know, kind of just... Uh, <laughs> he wasn't singing. That was, my, that was sort of my audible interpretation of the way he was moving his hips. Oh, okay. Well, that... that yeah, it was very like that. Yeah. Not so much. <laughs> that was the end. But essentially, what I loved about our experience at The Tonight Show with Jay Leno was that it was fascinating for all the reasons I wouldn't have expected to when I went in there. And that's why I'm glad we went in the end. Yes. Well, if you're sort of research-minded like us, and not everybody is, but if you're listening to this, you are. We've got a lot of research to do, by the way. Still. It's that old thing of when you see any creative project you're watching it on two levels N not everyone is but generally you're watching it on two levels you're watching like if you're watching a harrison ford film you're watching the character on his adventures but you're also watching harrison ford in this film and uh new star wars next week i'm i'm telling this very badly jonathan miller can do an excellent uh, analysis of all this uh, i ain't no jonathan miller but the same is true if you go to a, a recording you're watching the episode for its entertainment value but if you're like me, you're also watching it to see how it's shot and what bits they don't use and what the bits they don't use are as interesting as the bit they do use. You're watching the stuff that doesn't appear on screen. And in this case, the entertainment value of this particular Leno recording uh, wasn't high. But the, <laughs> the research and the interestingness of seeing, of just having all those things confirmed about how he's been for the past couple of years was fascinating. And essentially, there were no offcuts to investigate. There's, there's no cut scenes. There's no editing down. No, so you've uh, only got the technical side to. As I observe. said, done. It's done live. Yeah. I don't think that's him wanting to be in and out as soon as possible. I think that's just the way. 
You you suggested that to me once. He just wanted to get home quickly, but I think that's just how they do them. I think if he went to Conan, it would have been the same. What I thoroughly enjoy about Conan's TBS show is that on the on his website, everything's out there. All, all the offcuts are out there. Uh, the auditions, uh, the, sorry, the auditions, the, like the rehearsals, every, everything's out there to for, to see. It's fascinating. It's it's really interesting. Like they they, they released recently. I watched one where it was um, Yakety Sax is playing somewhere from the studio, and they have no idea where. And it's just him walking around. Where? Is, where I can hear it now. <laughs> you know, it's it's like the ghost of Betty Hill. Mm. But it's it's just things happening. And it, and as I say, we didn't get into Conan. We didn't go to Conan. But offcuts are out there, or as, as he literally calls them, scraps are out there. There is other stuff to see behind the scenes, and he's quite happy to share a fair percentage well, of that with with his audience. Most shows like that keep the rehearsals keep the run-throughs because if they've got to be out at a certain time and something goes wrong they can show the rehearsal a lot of johnny castle uh carson johnny castle johnny carson johnny rehearsals castle. exist yeah. saturday night live all the dress run-throughs survive because if god forbid something went wrong for saturday night live they could run the run-through have they ever done that I don't think they ever have they've released bits of the run-throughs because sketches would be dropped and they'd mm. stick them on dvds or whatever Famously, the famous example is Sinead O'Connor ripping mm. up a picture of, I think, just a boy on the rehearsal, and then live a picture of the Pope. And they've released both versions, so you can see, you can see, it's not our fault, Gov. It's it's she was ripping up a boy in the in the run through. What if it was a picture of the Pope as a boy, and none of the people on set knew that it was a young Pope? I I don't think that's the case, but uh, that would have been a that would have been devious. devious trip, I think I think they should have done that. I think it should have been a picture of Chevy Chase. <laughs> oh, well. Or, uh, Hi, or... kid. We love you, Chevy. Well, that's that's another story. We will at some point. For those who aren't familiar with it, there was the Chevy Chase show, which we will be covering. I will be binging on all available <laughs> that's episodes of the Chevy Another example Chase. of what we were saying earlier. Somebody who's very good in one field and not in another. But we'll be investigating that in a future episode. Maybe even soon. But nevertheless, we've we've covered quite a lot of our experience in Los Angeles, and hopefully we'll go back at some point in the near future and cover and investigate New York. Donations welcome. Yes, it might be a bit early for that. But any airlines want to sponsor this podcast? If any, if any do, don't bother. They're not going to be. Actually, to be fair, I am su- I'm surprised why there are no. I mean, you get this sort of radio, you get kind of repeated radio. I just think just getting. Why don't they make a deal with a podcast network? Who? Like airlines. Why don't they make a deal with the podcast network when, and they can... When we flew to LA, the only podcast on the in-flight entertainment system was the BBFC's podcast, Eight Minutes About the Differences Between Cinema Certificates. That's very strange and I very listen, specific. I listened to it. It wasn't very good? That's not great. They've done better podcasts. Well, what rating do you give it? <laughs> PG. Yeah. So you've been to both UK and US recordings. Yes. Chat show recordings, you mean. Well... In the UK chat shows and US talk shows. It's just terminology. It's the, it's the Series premise. and seasons. Apples Sidewalks and oranges. And they call oranges apples in America. I'm not sure about that. And vice versa. Hmm. So give us an example of the differences between, the astute differences between UK chat shows and US talk shows, apart from the names. In Britain, the talk show used to be two chairs, bloke talking to another bloke generally. But since Letterman, they've all become desks. They've added desks in the middle of it. So I think, was it Chris Evans was the first one? What about Carson, though? Carson had a very yeah, big but desk. 
but no one emulated Carson. No one in Britain emulated Carson. Oh, I see what you mean. So, it in terms of the influence, Letterman, and Letterman turned up on Channel Four, right, to show them. And it wasn't until then that we started getting desks in the middle of shows. I see. Okay, so in terms of I, UK having desks, I might be wrong here. If you know of a show, I think it was TFI Friday with Chris Evans was the first one to have uh, the first British chat show to have a desk. This is quite trivial, but I think it's important because now every chat show, because every channel's pretty much got a chat show. Jonathan Ross on ITV, desk. Graham Norton on BBC, no desk, but he's got a desk to the side with a computer on it. Alan Carr, does he have a desk? But even like Frank Sidebottom when he did the Fantastic Shed show, he had a desk. Paul O'Grady had a desk. Paul O'Grady had a desk. Graham Norton doesn't have a desk. He has a coffee he has table. sort of props and things to the side, yeah. But that again, that's the that's that all comes from Letterman. You're right that Carson had a desk, but I think we barely got Carson in this country, did we? Well, that's something else we need to talk about in the future. I believe I'll be Letterman was definitely big on Channel Four, and of course there were repeats of Letterman in the Late Show era, at least when uh, Larry Sanders repeated on ITV. Yeah, well, in the 90s. <laughs> well, in the in the in the 2000s, I should say. The, the point I was trying to make although I did it in a very clumsy fashion, is that superficially there's no difference between American and British chat slash talk shows. It's a, someone on one side of a desk talking to someone on the other side. And generally, it's a middle-class, middle-aged white male. However, wouldn't you say that one of the distinct differences, of course, is that the relevance, the consistency, is that with a talk show... In America, it's potentially a nightly experience, whereas over here, with with a set slot, whereas over here, we haven't got that. We haven't had that. I mean, you have a number of shows that are on are at a, a number of times throughout the year. There's the, no the nightly shows over weekly. here. In, it's a British mindset thing. The nightly shows we have here are stuff like Newsnight, or, uh, you know, you don't really think of it as, as entertainment, nightly entertainment. And Channel 4 did try it a few years ago. With the Graham Norton, the spin-off from So Graham Norton, where they gave him, they shortened the show to half an hour but put it on every day, and uh, it did get very tired. Uh, they tried to tie it in with Big Brother, I seem to recall. So you'd have Big Brother would end, and then Graham Norton would comment on what was going on, and it made Jade Goody first demonised her, and then made her like made her into a hero, and of course she appeared on the show. But no, we we tend to do them weekly, and as I say, they don't record them as live. They record much more than they need and then chop it to pieces, which is an advantage and a disadvantage for different reasons. Advantage because in theory you get the best stuff. Disadvantage because it makes it slightly unnatural and they often cut out the most interesting stuff, which to us is the, the flubs and controversies. One example, I went to see a Michael McIntyre show recording recently. Another middle-aged white guy behind a desk with a sort of backdrop of the city. The Letterman influence is very strong. And he interviewed Lily Allen, and they showed a clip of her latest single, which has a bit in the middle which goes, na 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 ah, something like that. Mm. And Michael McIntyre said, oh, I love that bit, I sing it, my children sing it. And Lily Allen says, yeah, I hate that. And she told a whole long story about how she was in Germany, she was tired, they thrust this song at her which she didn't write and she didn't want to do. So she rewrote it briefly, but she wanted to get home to her kids, so she kept the middle bit. And she kept that refrain, which she didn't like, and expected to sort of bury it on the album. And then it became the first single. So there was this big, long story, which was not 
<laughs> going along with the PR line. All of it was gone from the broadcast. Mm. And that was the most interesting part of that recording. Well, I guess that brings us to our final excursion out in Los Angeles when we queued but did not get into the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. Now, it was only yesterday. We are recording this. What's the date today? 29th, I think. I no, 30th. It's the sorry, 30th. 30th of April. It is the 30th of April today, 2014. It was yesterday that Craig Ferguson announced that he would be stepping down as the host of the Late Late Show as of the end of the year, the end of 2014. And I am, surprise, surprise, I'm wearing a T-shirt. This is as far as we got. We, we queued once again, and we've, we've, we've talked about queues, although I would argue, if you'd ever do queue, here's a hot tip, literally a hot tip. If you ever queue for a CBS show, bring a brolly or a hat. There is no shelter. They might give you a brolly themselves if you turn up in time, but generally speaking, take some check. There is no shelter. It's just, and if you're there on a hot day in Los Angeles, outside the CBS studio, there is nothing between you and the sky. So take a brolly to shelter you from the heat or a hat. That's my number one advice. So we queued up for a long time, and we got so close to getting in, and Robin Williams was the guest, I believe, and we were told, nope, that's it, maximum capacity, sorry about that, can't do it. So we bartered and said, well, can we, is there a shop? We can just have a look at the CBS shop. They said, okay. And it was quite small, and there was the Big Bang Theory there. They aren't even CBS, are they, Big Bang Theory? No, no, there wasn't Big Bang Theory. There was, 100%. 100% there was Big Bang Theory. It was Theory. like Survivor stuff. Big Bang Theory stuff What's was the there. Just sporadically. Stuff? Because it's probably, I don't know. But anyway, there was be, there was the Big Bang Theory stuff there. I 100% remember that. Survivor, a couple of, and uh, CBS standard stuff, and the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. They had his famous snake mug, which I wanted to buy, but I thought it probably wouldn't survive customs. Because they, they are, they are um, aggressive. They just throw your bag, you know. It actually ripped my bag. So I literally saw the guy just, just lug it. Anyway. So I purchased a number of things, and one of which I'm wearing today, whilst we speak, is the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson t-shirt. Yellow font on black. And, yeah, uh, we will, unless we go to Los Angeles again this year, which I'd love to do, but I don't think we're going to get the opportunity or indeed the funds to do so, but we'll have the time. But Donate via PayPal. If you want us to do another one of these shows... Well, well, I won't say there's a threat because this is going to be a weekly thing. So I meant a show commentating on on the Los Angeles. But if you want us to do more Los Angeles investigations, by all means, uh, if anyone's listening in Los Angeles who would who would who would help us out in any capacity, please do. <laughs> yeah, we'll sleep on the couch. We won't eat much. We that that's genuinely true. We did not spend barely an iota of time in 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 the uh, hotel. But incidentally, if you if you do go to uh, Los Angeles, check out the Dunes Inn on Sunset Boulevard. Reasonably priced, clean. And, uh, yeah, that's what you really need, isn't it? Don't oh. give them ads unless they give us free rooms. And a fridge. Had a fridge as well. Had a fridge. But we went there. No, it was good. I know, you left a bloody cake in the fridge. Oh, I didn't want that cake. Well, I know you didn't want that cake. It was a gift. It was a gift to you. It was a gift to me. It was a gift to us. And it was your, your birthday that week. Yeah, but that wasn't a birthday cake. That was a sort of misery cake for you. <laughs> it, it was a misery Sorry, cake. Sorry, you're so miserable. Yes, if you want to hear my dulcet tones being um, humiliated on a podcast... Uh, under the impression at the time that it wasn't going to be used or broadcast, you know what? I'm not going to. I'm not going to elaborate on that. Maybe another day. Maybe no. another day. Maybe a few episodes in, we'll I'll exclusively reveal uh, which other podcast 
I have appeared on, aside from the Sitcom Club, of course, which is also part of the Podnose Network, which is what the Talk Show Talk Show is also a part of. And before I pass you over to myself on my own, recorded after this conversation, to uh, see you off at the end of this episode, I'm going to say thank you very much to our guest today, Mr. Jonathan Sloman. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Is there anything you want to say? Is there anything you want to... You're, you're, you're on Twitter at SquiddyUK. Have you got any projects lined up? Or is there any events that you would recommend? In, 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 you live in central London? Yes, well, I keep an eye on everything. Uh, you know, the Cinema Museum, the Prince Charles Cinema, the Apple Store. There's all sorts of people coming. But if you're listening to this show and you're interested in recordings, attending recording of shows, do so. Keep an eye on bbc.co.uk slash tickets. For BBC shows, have a look at SROAudiences.com. They've got Graham Norton and Jonathan Ross and other things. Applause store, but they're not mainly chat shows. And they do America as well. Yes, of course. So this is for, for this is for in Britain. I um, recommend that you go and see a show for yourself if you've enjoyed listening to what the experience was like. Well, we will be covering many different kinds of recording experiences, not just with Mr. Sloman, but many other people as well. And, and if you have a recording that you went to, if you have an anecdote from a recording that you went to, of a, of a talk show, of a chat show, uh, in America, in, in the UK, beyond, in Australia, in... in, yeah, in... If you've seen Norman Gunston live, let us know. Anyone you like, really. But tweet us, uh, tweet me at GrimWord, G-R-I-M-W-O-R-D, or at Squiddy UK, who will be uh, a reoccurring guest, I imagine. Uh, possibly. I assume. So with that in mind, over to... Myself. And once again, a big thank you to Jonathan Sloman for being my guest this week. You can follow him on Twitter at SquiddyUK. You can also follow the Talk Show Talk Show podcast now with the handle at Talk Show Podcast. Now, this may come in handy for episode four, seeing as we will be discussing an episode of The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson from 1972 that has been uploaded onto YouTube by the official Johnny Carson channel. And if you'd like to join in on the discussion, I will be providing the direct YouTube link on our Twitter feed at Talk Show Podcast. You have been listening to the Talk Show Talk Show Podcast, episode three, and we will see you next week. The Talk Show Talk Show Podcast is part of the Podnose Network. Music by Ian Cummins, sound engineering by Ocho, and produced and edited by George Grimwood.